Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Well, good morning, Rivers Church. It is so good to be with you this morning. My name is Jamie Paul. What an honor to be with you on Sunday morning. Though I'm not with you live in person, I am definitely with you in spirit. I'm right now, I'm standing in your auditorium with my good friend, Mario, who's sitting on the front row, an audience of one. But I know for a fact that it is packed this morning and you're excited to be at church. I want you to do me a favor and look at your neighbor and say, you look good. Tell your neighbor, say, you look good. Go ahead, tell them. All right, now turn around and look at your other neighbor on the other side, and I want you to say this. Now I look better. Go ahead, tell them. Say, now I look better. Man, it's so good to be with you. We just wanted to laugh for a moment before we get started. I'm here continuing the series, Imperfect People, Perfect God. Imperfect People, Perfect God. I was watching a few weeks ago, and it's a bit of a tongue twister, so I had to make sure that I said that right. Imperfect people, perfect God. Today, I want to jump in quickly. I want to run through this message. I asked how long I had, and they told me, you need to be short today. If you know me, I preach long. So I said, I said how much do I actually have? And they told me, you only have two and a half hours to get the message out. So sit tight. We're going to roll through this as quickly as possible. Now, I promise I'll get you out as fast as I can. Today, I want to bring a very uh, specific message around our testimony, my wife and I. And uh, let me just jump in and share that with you because you don't know who I am. I'm Jamie from Orlando, Florida, currently live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where I attend the Block Church. This is how I got here today through one of our location pastors, Grace Ann Hector. She connected with someone that then connected with someone here at the church. And here I am today pre-recording this message. My wife and I, we moved to Philly. It was eight short years ago. Some days it feels like a lifetime. You live in Phoenix or Phoenix proper, that area, right? Listen, no reason to go to Philadelphia, okay? I've been talking about Philadelphia with my friend this entire trip that we've been here, and this is the place to be. If you live here, don't go there. I was crazy enough to be from Orlando, Florida, and I decided to move to Philly. That's a long story that I'll share with you another day. But my wife, we've been in full-time ministry for our entire marriage. We celebrate 10 years of marriage this year. Come on, that's a good place to clap. Good place to clap. Listen, I am happily married. Happily married. Some people are just married. They don't want to go home, right? But me, I'm happily married. All the men in the room, go ahead, wave your hand if you are happily married. Wave it, wave it. That's right. In the back, wave it. I see some wives. You better wave your hand. You know, you're happily married. I'm definitely happily married. Well, my wife and I, it's not always been good. We've had some struggles. Uh, Particularly, uh, we've had some struggle in the area of finances. And God's had to do a work. I remember when I first started dating my wife. 
Now listen, what I'm about to tell you is not dating advice if you're dating in the room, but this is what I did. So I, I messaged my wife, I text her, and I said, hey, what's funny is I actually met my wife here in Phoenix, Arizona. How crazy is that? We were back in Florida, and I text her, and I said, I want to take you out on a date. And she texts me back pretty immediately, and she said, okay, what are you thinking? And I said, I want to take you out to dinner. Well, being spiritual as she was, she goes, can't take me out to dinner. I'm fasting. And I was like, all right, girl. I said, I'm not going to give up. I said, I'll take you for coffee then. Cause I figured, you know, if you're fasting food, you could have coffee. And she responded, I kid you not. And she goes, I'm at a prayer meeting. And I was like, you just, you're not going to get away from me. I mean, when you find the one, which listen, we hadn't started dating yet, but I thought, man, this girl looks good. I met her in Phoenix. You know, everybody from Phoenix, they're good people, even though she was from Orlando and happened to be in Phoenix, but I'm going to make this work. And so I said, fine, I'll pick you up. I just want to talk. I want to get to know you. So we spent some time together. And then I scheduled for us to go out to eat. I scheduled us to go out to eat in Orlando at that time, what I believed was the nicest restaurant in Orlando, Florida. Okay, this is a true story. Nicest restaurant. Everybody has heard of Bonefish. Okay, it's not Bonefish. In Orlando, they have multiple locations. If you're ever there, you should go. They have one on International Drive, and then they have one in what's called Lake Mary. It's called Fish Bones. What they do is they flip the names, and they add $3 signs, okay? It's incredibly expensive. This is, I had to impress her. So we went, we went, to, we went, we went there, and uh, I remember sitting down, and uh, the, the waiter came over and said, you know, welcome, and began to take our order. And, you know, I just thought being, you know, first date, I thought my wife, well, then the girl that I was on a date with, who wasn't my wife yet, I thought that her name's Amber. I thought Amber was going to order a salad. It's a first date. Come on, somebody. That's what you order. Not my wife. She was raised right. I would have thought, I wish you knew my friend Mario who was here today because it would have been like she was raised by Mario, except she was raised by Randy and Randy raised right. She ordered swordfish and filet mignon. I looked that girl dead in the face and I said, what did you order? And she goes, I want the swordfish and filet mignon. And so I'm looking down the menu and when you were raised the way I was raised, you would always look at the menu from right to left. You never looked at it from left to right. So I'm looking down and all of a sudden it says MP. And I thought, because I didn't know, I thought that meant my price. I thought I got to pick the price. That's what I thought, MP, my price. I said, give it to me for a dollar, friend. Actually, free. Person just looks at me like I'm crazy and goes, no, 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 sir, that is market price. I said, what does that even mean? He goes, it's just based on the market. Well, I really like this girl, so... I was going to stick with it. So he looks at me, not even joking. He said, what do you want? And I go, I'll take the kid's cheeseburger. And by the way, can you, uh, can you get me a diet water with no ice? I know I ordered a regular water. Anything you can do to make the bill cheaper, please. And I sat there. I knew she was embarrassed. I was halfway embarrassed. Not really. I thought I was impressing her. Maybe. I ordered the kid's cheeseburger that day. The bill came. I looked at the bill. It's the highest numbers I'd ever seen in my entire life. I looked at her and I go, Amber, can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> I need to slip away. So I slipped off. I went into the bathroom. I started texting and calling all my friends. Can you cash at me? Can you Zelle pay me? Can you Venmo me? Whatever you've got. Can you come to this? Can you call into the restaurant and please pay half of my bill? 
I was there for 20 minutes. I got back. I stopped by the ATM on the way back. Have you ever gone to the ATM machine? And you know, listen, you know for a fact, the ATM only spits out $20 bills, right? But you've got $17.22 and you're praying in the name of Jesus. Please, God, this one time, right? You're having, you're having a prayer meeting there at the ATM. That's what I'm doing. I'm like, God, please, I've got $2.12. Please, Lord God, just let me get a 20. I get back to the table. I sit and the, 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 the waiter comes back and looks at me. And I just said, hey, listen, I need to do uh, uh, 20 in cash. And then I, I've got this card. And can you put, uh, can you put uh, $20, $20 on this and then $30 on this? By the way, do you take Chick-fil-A uh, coupons? Because I'll give you one of those too. I mean, I was doing whatever I possibly could to pay this bill. And uh, as soon as we got it paid, I mean, just barely. I used multiple car- cards at the time. I used cash, everything I had. We left as quickly as possible. I said, get out of the restaurant. And can you believe she stayed with me? Man, you, you know that you've got a good girl if she's gonna stay with you through that. I remember a year later, we're on, I mean, I, quick, think about this, we're on our honeymoon. I mean, it was within five months we were engaged because I wasn't gonna let her go. I mean, if she stuck with me through that. We were, we were married 14 months after that first date. I remember we're on... <laughs> Sorry, we're on our first, we're on our, our first honeymoon. We're on our, our only honeymoon. We're on our honeymoon and we're there. And she looks at me and we went on a cruise, which by the way, she paid for. Thank you, Amber. I love you if you're watching this. Uh, and she paid for it. And we're on the cruise and she looks at me and she goes, I want to go swim with the dolphins. I said, swim, go. There's a window, open it up and jump out. There's lots of dolphins. She goes, no, 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 I want to go swim with them. Like really swim with them when we get to the next port. I said, it's all inclusive. That's why you go on a cruise. It's all inclusive. She goes, no, you don't understand. She said, it's an excursion. I dead serious. I looked at her. I said, you can excurt wherever you want. Go ahead, go, go jump in with the dolphins. She said, no, we got to pay for it. And I, and I told her, I said this, I said, Amber, I said, there's no more money. She's quick-witted. And she looked me dead in the eye. I'll never forget this moment. And she goes, I expected more. Have you ever been in a place in your life where it didn't work out exactly like you thought it was going to? And you said, I expected more. It's something you had prayed for and believed for. My wife had waited her whole entire life to get married, and here she is with me. And she's going, I expected more. Well, here's the good news. I may have failed her in that moment, but God was good to us, and he's got us through, but God has never failed her. I remember the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, Jamie, you're doing things your way, which is why you're not making it the way you want to make it. And you just wait a second. We haven't gotten anywhere yet. Let me tell you what's hap- what happened over the next seven years that we were married. I mean, it got crazy. But God spoke to me and said, Jamie, I can do immeasurably more for you and your family. It says it in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within the inside of us. 
God can do immeasurably more with your life, but you have to trust and believe that he's able to do it and surrender to him. I wasn't fully surrendered to God in the area of my finances. I'm not saying that at that moment in my life, I should have had everything that, uh, that my wife wanted, but I should have had enough in that moment to pay for $150 for her to go swim with the dolphins. But the problem was I grew up in a household where money was the number one issue. There was always too much month at the end of the money. I want somebody to hear that today. There was always too much month at the end of the money. But the crazy thing was, is I've been saved my whole life. My grandfather pastored for 55 years. My mom has served in ministry. My dad had served in ministry, but there were so many issues around the area of finance and we never got it under control. My, my parents they went through bankruptcy. My parents went through other things. I remember having to leave from one house to go to another house. And then I just remember the pain of what that looked like when I was younger was I watched my parents struggle financially and they loved the Lord. As many people may sitting in this room, you go, Jamie, I love the Lord, but I'm struggling financially. And not just for a day. I'm talking, you've struggled for financial, you struggled financially for decades. And I thought I was going to do it different, but I didn't. I didn't do it different. And God was saying, you realize that if you would surrender to me, it's not that I'm going to give you Ferraris and Lamborghinis and private jets. What I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to protect you. I'm going to take care of you. All of your needs will be met. You'll have plenty more in store. I will meet you right where you're at, but you have to surrender to me. And I never did. I lived the same way. We went on that cruise, and I was so far in debt. I didn't have anything left. When I said there was no more money, it meant all the credit cards were maxed out at that point. And God said, Jamie, I can do it even better. Did you, do you know what it means when God says in Ephesians that now to him who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more, do you know what it means? It means this, that God can do it abundantly. He can do it by much. He can do it better. He can do it beyond. God can do it emphatically, enormously, exceedingly, exceptionally, extra, in great measure, incalculably, in addition to, incomparably, infinitely, the most, on a large scale, supremely, surpassingly, tremendously, vastly, very much, bottomless, boundless, endless, horizonless, uh, infinite, indefinite, limitless, measureless, unbounded, unlimited. Friends, God can do more in your life. He can do more if you would just believe. It took a few years later for me to come to a breaking point. I wish it was then. But if you're like me, you're slow, you're slow to the God's party. And I was slow to God's party. And we struggled for the next seven years of our marriage. Fast forward May of 2018, I'm in the Pocono Mountains and I had this moment with the Lord and I'm praying and God leads me to this specific scripture. Proverbs 22, four through nine. Listen to me, God leads me to this and my whole life changed. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. I didn't know what riches, honor, and life was, especially in the area of finances. For me, I had no idea. I had always connected riches to things, and yeah, things are not bad. Let me just, I'll throw that out there. They're not bad. And, and when you have wealth, you're able to get things. So don't be mad at people that have things, all right? I want to throw that out there because that, the Bible says that the wealth, the wise have wealth and luxury, okay? So that's biblical in Proverbs. So when you see somebody that has been wise with their finances, they have what the word says, riches, honor, and life. And I felt devastated. I was in poverty. I was not being, I didn't have honor. It was dishonor everywhere around me. And I felt like I was going to die on occasion specifically financially, I couldn't take care of my family. Listen, thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards himself will be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich, listen, this is where my life changed. Verse seven, Proverbs 22, verse seven, my life forever changed. 
The rich rules over the poor. That's nothing new, friend. Okay, I want you to understand that. That's nothing new. This has happened from the beginning of time. Rich rule over the poor. Okay, but check this out. Why are they poor? Because the borrower becomes the lender's slave. I was a slave in my finances. I was a slave to Chase Bank. I was a slave to Citibank. I was a slave to First Financial Bank. I was a slave to banks you've never even heard of. How much of a slave? To the tune of $125,000 in consumer debt four years ago, four short years ago. $125,000. That's not a mortgage on a home. That's credit cards, 11 of them fully maxed out. That was owing money to my in-laws. Can I tell you that's bad for your marriage when you owe your money, uh, money to your in-laws? Don't borrow money from your father-in-law or mother-in-law. Oh, mine are gracious and good. I should have never done it. I borrowed money from my grandma. How crazy is that? I had student loans through the eyeballs. And I'm in the Pocono Mountains and God begins to deal with me. And he said this, Jamie, I never created you to live like that. I'm the God of the universe. You're my son. I did not create you to live in such despair. And here's the thing, friend. No one put me in that position but me. No one else swiped my credit card but me. No one else went on vacation and, and, and went to places they couldn't afford to impress people who didn't care but me. Nobody went and financed a car that they couldn't afford but me. Right? I remember when I first got this revelation that I, now I'm a slave and the Lord said, why don't you pronounce your bank account statement? Which I was like, my bank account statement? I don't, do I have one of those? I'd never even looked. I felt like I should print out a bank account statement. Weird, right? You should do that today. Because the Bible says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And God spoke to me and said, Jamie, if you'll look at that bank account statement, I'll tell you exactly where your heart is. And as I, and as I printed it out, here's what's crazy. It actually wasn't the bank account. It was a credit card statement. It was 50 of them because I was just so far in debt. 11 cards, fully maxed out, over $40,000 in credit card debt. And I began to look. Here's the wild thing. There was some woman named Wendy on there 57 times. <laughs> like, like Applebee's was on there 100 times. I mean, there, was, there was so much on that list that had nothing to do with building a secure financial future using God's principles and God's wisdom and looking to people around me that knew better than I did. I wasn't doing that. I was just spending money like crazy. I was spending more money than was coming in. And then I would, that's why I had to borrow so much money. And God goes, Jamie, you're a slave. Listen, verse eight, he who sows iniquity will reap vanity and the rod of his fury will perish. And this is where God set me free. Verse nine says this, he who is generous will be blessed, huh? For he gives some of his food to the poor, huh? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me so clearly on that, on that morning in the Poconos four years ago. He said, Jamie, you're gonna give your way out of this. You can give your way out. I said, okay, God, you know my financial situation because you're God. You fully understand that I have $2 in my bank account, $2. 
you fully understand I'm $125,000 in debt. I'm going to give my way out of this mess. Okay, Lord. I just lifted my hands and I said, God, I thank you for the $125,000 check that's coming in the mail. (laughs) Don't lie. You know that's what all of you would do. And that's what I did. God, thank you for the $125,000 check. Where is it coming from? And it just the Holy Spirit in the soft voice just, voice just said, Jamie, it's taken you a long time to get in this mess. And you're not going to get out of it overnight because there's some lessons I want to teach you. And I can't teach them to you overnight. But as I teach them to you, watch as I supernaturally get you out of this mess. And I bless you if you'll live generous. And God began to teach me some things. The first thing he taught me, friend, is this, is that he's the source. God is the source. The ministry was not my source. My business was not my source. My my wife's job was not our source. Those were avenues, those were vehicles in which God used to bring resource into our house. But he himself gave us the breath in our lungs. He himself gave us the ability to do that work. It wasn't my work that produced that. It was God's, it was God's grace on my life that he gave me the ability to do it. He said, you've got to trace this all the way back and see that I'm the source. Are you going to do it my way or your way? You need to go to work. You need to work hard. You need to save money. You need to do all of those things. But if you forget who the source of all of it is, eventually you'll go back to your old ways. I remember sitting there and I said, okay, God. And he took me to Psalms 23, one. I don't know how you were raised, but the way I was raised was poverty was kind of a patch of honor that we wore. In church, at least I wore this, I I was poor. So all the time I was like, I'm poor, I'm poor, I'm poor, right? And I just, I'm suffering for the gospel. I'm a preacher and I'm poor. And I just would wear it as the patch. And God took me to Psalms 23, one and said, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And if God's my shepherd, I don't lack anything. I don't, I don't have to be in distress. I don't have to be in ultimate poverty. If, if God is the shepherd, then I have everything that I need. It, it doesn't, it's not a number that's in my bank account. It, it's, not, it's not necessarily the, the assets I own. It's the fact that in God, I have everything. And as he chooses, he allows me to have those things as I steward well, right? It also, I didn't even know this scripture existed in the Bible. Deuteronomy 8.18. I had no idea. I, I read this literally as God was taking me through this. But remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. How amazing is that? That God created us to produce wealth. It's a good thing. That's how God created us. We should be creating wealth. Why? Because he who is generous will be blessed. Now you can be generous in poverty. You're going to watch the story as my wife and I in poverty, we were generous. That's the way to get out of poverty, right? You don't, you're not in poverty and then give and stay in poverty. It may take some time, but those who so generously are blessed. That's what the word tells us. And so God said, I gave you the ability to create wealth, Jamie. You can do that for the right purposes. You can do that for my kingdom. And I'm reading all this scriptures, Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. Wow, in the, in the new, uh, new, uh, new International Version, it says it this way. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. It's amazing, friend. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. Guess what else it says? Without painful toil for it. It doesn't have to be painful. Because when you're in God's economy and God's in control, watch how he does the supernatural thing. Huh. It's incredible. The Bible speaks about wealth so much. 
But many of us have never even heard these scriptures. And then we're mad at people who are wealthy or we question people who are saved but have a lot of money. Oh, do you really love God? Yes, they love God, of course. I mean, I don't know which one you're talking about, but I know that all of my wealthy friends love God. The ones that love him and profess to love him, they love Jesus with all of their heart. God created us to produce wealth so he can be a blessing. But it's hard to be a blessing when you're one of the eight out of 10 Americans who are in debt. It's hard to be a blessing when 78% of you are living paycheck to paycheck. These are just facts. It's hard to be a blessing when, when many of us have been in the $1.8 trillion student loan crisis. I never knew. Hey friends, I never knew that I'd have such the honor to be a part of something so big. <laughs> I was in that mess, $1.8 trillion, and I was a part of it. It was hard to be a blessing, but God said, you can be a blessing, and when you are a blessing, I will bless you. I said, okay, God, how am I gonna do it? He said, you're gonna plan it. Proverbs 16.3 says this, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Listen, friend, everyone in this room, under the sound of my voice, anybody watching via live stream, hear me. Today is your day to make a plan to do finances God's way. And it starts with giving. It always has and it always will. If you think for a second, you may be watching this online right now. I don't know who you are. You may be watching online and you may go, yeah, Jamie, but I've built good wealth. Just watch what God does when you start using that wealth generously, when you start using it for his kingdom. I'm just telling you, I was in poverty hear me. And God has taken us on a journey. I'll get, I'll, I'll tell you what happened, but I need to read this scripture. I've got to lay a foundation for you. So you understand it's from the word, my story, my testimony, my wife's testimony. It just pairs with the word of God, right? Luke 14, 28 says this, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Oh man, that's so good. Some of you, you go out and you attempt to do things, but you never count the cost. And then you wonder why you're short at the end. You don't, have, you don't have any money left because you didn't count the cost in the very beginning. Man, the Bible is so rich. So what I thought God was meaning when he said be generous and give was Malachi 3.10, you know, because that's the scripture I always hear. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I do not throw open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And so I go, okay, God, but I've been a tither my whole life. I mean, since I was a kid, my, my parents taught me that. I've always given my 10%. God said, I said to give because tithing is returning. Read scripture. That's what tithing literally means. That it says return to the storehouse. A tithe is a tenth, but you're returning to God. That's not giving. That's being a tither. Giving is above and beyond that. And God says, I want you to give above and beyond. The last scripture that I read in this journey, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll finish the story for you. I'll finish the story of my wife and I's testimony. I know you're probably already tired of hearing me preach about this. Many of you, you probably just, you shut me out the moment I started talking about money. I get it. Listen, hide your wallet, hide your kids, hide your wife, hide. <laughs> you don't have to, listen, you don't have to give anything, right? This is not for me to teach this. And then all of a sudden, like, you're gonna have to give me something. You're gonna give, you don't have to give me anything. I'm teaching you this because if you'll take this heart posture and you actually will start giving the way the word calls us to give, and you follow Christ in this area, you, follow, you come with me on this journey of generosity and you do what we did, I'm telling you, God will radically shift your life and you will see the most amazing things when it comes to giving. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8 says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's why you have to plan your generosity. Can't do it reluctantly, under compulsion. You plan it out and you submit it to God. So here's what happened, all right? Listen, friends. I wanna get close with you. Listen, 2018, I made the commitment. My wife and I made the commitment. Okay, we're gonna give our way out of this. We had $2 in the bank account. And I said, listen, babe. I said, on the very next dollar, whatever it is, whether it's a dollar, 100, 50 bucks, doesn't matter. We are going to be generous. Above the tithe, so if we had 100 come in, above the $10, we're gonna give something. It could be a dollar. It's, listen, friend, it's not about the amount. It's about the heart posture. It's the sacrifice. And what I wanted more at that point in my life and what I, what I want more now, truthfully, than money, which money's fine. Money's just a tool to accomplish things. Ask anybody that has money. It's just a tool, right? The paper is worthless. It's the tool. It's what it allows you to do. But what I wanted more than money, friend, is I wanted freedom because I was a slave. And my wife agreed, and we began this journey where every time money would come in above our tithe, we would give. And over the next year, in 2018, here's what happened. We gave over double what we had given the year before. But we were on a system, we were on a plan. It wasn't about making more money then, it was about being free. So what do we do? Our tithe, and then we would give. It's the first thing we did. Live this plan, watch what happens. And then once we would give, we would pay our regular bills, which is our housing, our food, our water, our clothes, right? Listen, and then we would start paying debt. But what would come first was giving. And everybody knows what happened in 2020. And just like the rest of you, my whole world shut down for 14 weeks. And I sat in the basement with my wife and my wife said, how in the world are we gonna pay the bills? And I told her by faith. She was, by faith? I mean, I have faith, but what do you mean? I said, listen, the Bible says those who sow sparingly reap sparingly, but those who sow generously reap generously. I said, though 14 weeks of my calendar has canceled, watch God miraculously show up in our life. Just watch him. I'll go to work. I'll find a different job. I'll do whatever I have to do. But watch as God supernaturally restores dates on my calendar and watch as he provides for our family. And boom, like clockwork, God began to show up. And all of a sudden, six weeks later, all, God just started opening doors and people started booking me again. And then other things happened. And then, and then people would send checks in the mail and just say, hey, I'm thinking about you and your ministry. We just want to give you something. And in 2020, I made a commitment. Just because the world was shutting down and just because things were going crazy, I wasn't going to give up on my commitment to God. And in a pandemic year where I did this, because this is what I do. I've done this for 12 years. When I spoke less than half the times in 2020, than I did in 2019, our income actually went up another $22,000 that year. So all of that increase pretty much went to giving and watch what happened. In that same year, in that same year of those three years, 2018, 2019, 2020, we ended up paying off all of our credit cards, all 11 of them. That happened in 2019, all $40,000. That's a great place to clap if you're in the room. God is supernatural. In 2020, we ended up paying my in-laws back. We, that was a whole story I'll tell another day. We ended up paying my grandmother back. Crazy story I'll tell you another day. I borrowed money from my grandmother after my grandfather died. How sick is that? How sick is that? And just a few short years later, she wasn't even expecting it and I paid her the money back and she wept. Great story, I'll go into detail later. You'll have to hear it. But God restored that relationship. 2021, last year, 
35 months after we started giving, we became debt-free March of 2021. Six weeks later, we bought a home off, uh, uh, off market. We bought a home. We bought that home for $100,000 under market value at that point. I'm in prayer in July of last year and God goes, did you see what I did, Jamie? I supernaturally got you out of debt by increasing your income. You stewarded it. There was, you did a part of it. And then six weeks later in one transaction, I return to your household in equity in a home every single dollar you gave over 35 months. Friend, I've come to tell you one thing really and one thing only is that the ultimate freedom for you in your life, the ultimate freedom for you in your finances is doing it God's way. It's doing it God's way. We've made a commitment in the area of our finances. There's lots of areas of our life where we give to God. But in the area of our finances, my wife and I have committed to make a massive impact with our generosity. And we're gonna give as much as we possibly can. This year, my wife and I to date have given 44% of our income away. It's 43.8, if you wanna be technical, of our income we've given away. And we've made a strong commitment to give 55% of our income away over the next two years. How are we gonna do it? Well, we're gonna make a plan. We're gonna submit those plans to God. We've done that. We're gonna believe by faith. We're gonna go to work. We're gonna work hard. And we're gonna watch God supernaturally take care of us where all of our needs will be met. Everything will be taken care of. And guess what? We'll increase. You realize that I've increased over the last four years, my wife and I and our family, we've increased. Not to mention we've had two children over the last three years. I've got a three-year-old son, a one-year-old daughter. We have done, so much has happened. But it's been supernatural because it's been God's way. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this room, real quick, I just wanna, I just wanna ask you, if you're in this room, I just wanna ask you. Or if you're watching via live stream, nobody, nobody, Nobody leaving. Do you want to do it God's way? Because if you do, you get to go on this supernatural journey with my wife and I. I'm only in Phoenix, Arizona today because of God's grace. If I could tell you about the trip that I've been on for the last couple of days and the conference I got to go to and, the, and my friend who's come with me and just how God has supernaturally blessed me on this trip, this trip should have never happened. The fact that I'm here today with you teaching on this is only God. I know God wanted you to hear. So if you're in this room, and you say, Jamie, I wanna take this step of faith. I'm not taking an offering right now. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just asking you, do you wanna do it God's way and go on the journey of generosity? If that's you, I'm not even gonna make you raise your hand. What I want you to do is in this moment, I just want you to lift both hands beside you. You don't even gotta lift them high, just to signify, yeah, I wanna go on this journey of generosity. I'm gonna go all in. Every, I'm not asking you to give what I give. I'm not asking you to meet me dollar for dollar. I'm not asking you to do my percentage. I'm asking you to take a step of faith in your own life and live in complete freedom and finances and watch how God increases your house and takes care of you. If you have your hands lifted beside you, even if you don't, I'm gonna say a prayer right now to close this out and I'm gonna hand it back to our pastors. Jesus, I pray for every person that's under the sound of my voice that wants to go on the journey of generosity. God, I pray that you would begin to impart on them the gift of faith and the gift of giving. 
that they would trust you and believe you. They already are that, but you would increase it. Give them another measure of faith, another measure of generosity. And whether they start with $12 or whether they start with 20% or whatever the numbers may be, God, that's not the point. The point is, is that they are committing to you and saying, Jesus, I want to go deeper in my relationship, specifically in the area of finances. And God, I pray as they do, that you would open up the windows of heaven. You would pour out blessings. You would multiply that gift, God, and you would take care of every single need as they live this generous life. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you clap your hands right now? God, you're so good, and we thank you. Man, it's been such an honor to be with you. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.